Guys, as we get older, we all start to notice minor changes in sexual performance. It happens, but you can stop Mother Nature. Whether you're just starting to develop erectile dysfunction symptoms or are suffering from chronic ED, call Metro Men's Health. Skip the pills and injections. They're only temporary and lose effectiveness over time. Metro Men's Health treats the root cause of ED, lack of blood flow, so it works long-term. Metro Men's Health uses the most advanced and clinically proven wave therapy on the market to actually repair aging blood vessels and restore them to a younger you. Get your spontaneity and your confidence back with safe, effective treatment from Metro Men's Health. Visit MetroMensHealth.com or call 833-687-0700. Don't let ED get worse. Call Metro Men's Health today, 833-687-0700, 833-687-0700. At the heart of your job search is a mission for more. You want a career that inspires you and sparks your pursuit of truth and justice. At the FBI, we too are on a mission to find exceptional people like you. We're gathering experts from all backgrounds to help us stay ahead of threats to our nation. Your pursuit for more deserves nothing less. Visit fbijobs.gov forward slash radio. On this episode, and what you know it, we're still talking about legal immigration. Also, if anyone cares, the NBA draft is today, and it's National Selfie Day. And we're going to talk with Derek Hunter about his new book, Outrage Inc. All this on this episode of Trend Chat. America, here's the podcast where we talk politics, a little entertainment, some culture, and this and that from the road to your ears. This is Trend Chat with your host, Brian Bledsoe. And welcome to another episode of Trend Chat. I'm your host, Brian Bledsoe. And if you want to connect with us, whether on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, or Snapchat, it is Trend Chat 24 7. So, we're still talking about illegal immigration in the sense of talking about separating families and et cetera, et cetera. I notice I said it, et cetera, a lot, but it is. It just seems like it's going on and on, kind of like the last episode where I talked about this continuous cycle of illegal immigration. And this, right now, we're just talking about it. I guess it's going to be all week right now. So, it is kind of funny since the last time we was on on Tuesday, um, President Trump has signed a executive order where he was, um, I guess, um, ending the, the policy as far as separating families at the border. So, I mean, that was, you know, OK, that's a step in in the right direction. If you if if you don't, you know, like the. The optics of seeing families separated, even though the whole point of of doing all this is based off of policies twenty some odd years ago, but which are just all of a sudden 
being focused on in the media right now for obvious reasons to because it's the Trump administration. I mean, it's been said plenty of times the past week, you know, when the Obama administration was doing it, <laughs> doing the same thing, there were wasn't much of uh, much outrage going on right now. You know, that's the word for for today outrage because we're going to talk with Derek Hunter about his book outrage Inc. so but um but yeah so i i've already said what i was what i'm already going to say before last on on last episode and i've said in other episodes and so i'm not just going to keep going on and on on a rant basically saying the same thing only thing i will that I think about right now is that I guess one of the arguments as far as just you know, people coming over here for asylum. Now, as I mentioned in the last episode, if people have legitimate reasons, okay, then go through the proper channels and do it the right way. And even, you know, even if you are claiming asylum and doing it, you know, legally, there are holes in that policy where, you know, where people can easily game the system. And I would just put it to you like this. If for one, if you think that, you know, just having the border up uh, or just having borders in general, if you just think that is unjust or uh, don't believe in borders anyway, regardless of what, you know, the whatever country you're trying to go into, if you don't believe in those, you know, those things as borders and think they are irrelevant and don't, and don't mean nothing to you, then what would stop, stop someone from just coming into this country anyway, because they, they don't respect the law. If they don't respect your borders, then they'll take any means necessary to do what they do what they need to do. So they'll, they'll claim asylum, even though it may not even be, um, be legit, but they can claim it to be. And so it's easy to uh, kind of game the system in a way. I mean, you could just take a chance, get to the border, claim asylum, and hopefully you get by, enough to where you get that immigration hearing and you know they tell you to come back and to to go over your case and and the the stats say say all the time i think like what like 90 percent of the people that go on these that are supposed to come back for their immigration hearings don't come back and why would they why would you 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 have achieved what you set out to do. You wanted to come into this country illegally because in, in whatever reason you had why you wouldn't do it legally, maybe because you're a criminal, maybe because, you know, you wouldn't be accepted. So you or whatever reason that you have. And so they have done that. They have got they have crossed the border and got here successfully. And so. They'll just, you know, go on living illegally and also going on the possibility that the people in power will just grant them amnesty eventually 
They've seen it happen in 1986. They've seen it happen in other times as well. So they're like, well, we'll just wait this out and we'll be granted amnesty. At the same time, just cutting in front of everyone, everyone else who have done this legally. That has been waiting for years and going through spending, you know, countless dollars and waiting countless hours trying to do this legally. And meanwhile, you have all these other people coming in just straight just cutting in front of them and just not caring respecting the law and you know that's one thing you know for someone that's coming into this country illegally i you have to i don't know why you can't if um the people who are sympathetic at least to to people who are coming in illegally i don't know why you you would feel that why someone would um look at that person skeptically you know be you know look at the person like to have to have i guess a a skeptical eye towards that person because you basically have started this relationship with this country committing the crime and so that really doesn't you know give you don't give you any favors as far as when it comes to whatever if you're trying to look for a job trying to you're trying to do things legally after the fact but you started off this relationship with this country by coming in here illegally and then so but yeah like i said this stuff i've mentioned before like i said i said I wasn't gonna go on this long rant about it but anyway well i just just say it like this i mean you no one has a right to come into your house just because they want to. I'm, I mean, I'm putting it that analogy as far as, you know, you're at your home, you're at your wherever you live, your apartment, whatever. No one just have a right to just waltz in in your house unannounced in the middle of the, <laughs> of the night just just because they want to. And that's the same thing as far as coming into this country now. You may you may welcome people to come into your house. That's fine. But you want them to come through the front door. You want to know that they're coming. But for someone to just just to come into your house unannounced and and then demanding that they stay, that you, that even if you find out that, you know, maybe they're maybe they have some sort of criminal past and you don't want them in your house. Okay, and but yet they then they get indignant about about wanting to know about you this about you the the illegal that has come into your house. They want to get mad at you because you want to know more about them as far as you know this person in my house that just came in in the middle of the night. They want to get upset like how dare you ask and want to know about me or what are you some sort of racist? No, I just want to know who you are. I just want to know something about you if you're going to be in my house or in in this country or any country it's not just america it's any country should be able to control their borders and know who's coming in and you know but yeah so yeah so like i said we're still talking about this <laughs> and um and it, unfortunately we um like i said president trump signed the executive order and We'll, well, first we'll talk a little bit about what happened after 
he signed that executive order. But first, I hear a word from Politichicks. Hello, this is Brian Blitzer, host of Trend Chat, also contributor at Politichicks.com. Here to tell you about the new book called Politichicks, A Clearing Call to Political Activism, with over 300 pages from contributors like myself talking about topics such as education, social issues, health care, the Second Amendment, and, of course, activism. I encourage you all to check it out at Politichicks.com and is also available at Amazon and Barnes & Noble. So, President Trump signed the executive order, basically, as I mentioned before, as far as not separating families at the border. Um, and and would you know it, liberals still weren't, wasn't happy about that. <laughs> they're like, he, he did something towards what they were screaming about. And now they're like, well, no, that's not good enough or, or whatever. And, and, and on and on. Now, let me just say this, too. Let's flip this on the other side. If um if if this was Obama, I'm pretty sure we as conservatives would would not give as much grace to him doing something that we actually wanted him to do. Um, so so I actually understand understand it all because it goes back and forth, and it's actually something I under, I can understand why, and and it's also something that really it's like it kind of hits at one of the things i really hate about politics and so when so if you have like we have right now with president trump signing the executive order and yet the same people who wanted him to do that are just basically saying you know um that that's not enough or uh that you know basically not giving him any credit for for doing that i mean on the on the flip side i mean i saw this for the past eight years with obama if obama did something that we as conservatives may actually agree with <laughs> that's something there's a thing in there that's something where for one you actually don't trust the person actually especially if it's if the person on the other side you don't trust that they're doing it for the right reason you think they're doing it for some other reason but not for anything good and so that's what they that's what liberals think about now as far as with uh president trump which is understandable actually <laughs> i mean if um like if president trump was doing something that we may may not fully agree with there's a lot of times we've seen, you know, in the past two years where there may be things that we might not fully agree with, but we give, you know, President Trump like the benefit of the doubt, uh, you know, and whatever it is, like tariffs or something like that. So, and that's because you have some level of trust when it comes to people on your side. If it's someone on the other side, like I say, if there was Obama, then you would just totally go off because you don't. You have absolutely no trust in the, that the other side is doing anything good for the country. At least you, you know, if, if they're on your side, you think, okay, maybe there's something, there's another reason why they're doing this. I might not agree with it. And, you know, and that's, like I said, I can understand that, that thought. I mean, it's not like you just have a blind trust on, of people on your side. That's not, you know, that's not healthy. That's not good. But at least you have some sort of, 
you're, you're hesitant to just go off and and um totally criticize. Some are. There, there are a lot of people that just, you know, as soon as they do anything that's not even, you know, that's something that you definitely don't agree with or something you don't agree with a little bit, you just, like, all of a sudden lose your mind, even on people from your, from, on your side. And so, but... But like I said, should we like what regardless of whatever side it is, should we give people the benefit of the doubt regardless if they're on our side or 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 not? Yes, we should. We we should give like if uh, let's say if it's, if Democrats came across and uh, I can't even can't even fathom this happening, but let's say if they all of a sudden wanted to um I guess uh get rid of abortion let's put it that way <laughs> or something like that yeah i'm gonna be a little skeptical because of all the history of them defending abortion so if they just all of a sudden say okay we want to do away with abortion i'll be glad that it happened trust me i would be but i'll be very skeptical from the, why did why do they want to why are they going down this road all of a sudden I mean, it could be a miracle. That's, you know, that is a, a a true thought that could be true. Really, it could be a miracle. So I don't know. But I would be a little skeptical. Would I give it a benefit of the doubt and, and hope for the best? Yeah. And let's see where this goes out. You know, if that would have happened, that's, you know, I would go right along with it and just see what happens. But the thing about as far as giving the other side, the benefit of the doubt, the, and also on, on our side as well. And this is the one thing I, I really hate about politics is that we know all too well that there are a lot of people in politics, whether, you know, in Washington or anywhere in the, you know, in your state or anywhere, anything political, there are a lot of people in politics that play this as a game. And, that is the one aspect of politics I absolutely hate. And I can't say I can't stress that enough. That is one thing I really hate about about some people. Uh, unfortunately, probably like a lot of people that treat politics as a game. I mean. Think about that as far as I don't know if you if you listen to me, and you're one of those people. Look, hear me when I say this. I really can't stand that for this particular reason because you're playing with people's lives i mean to affect legislation or affect some sort of policy that affect everyone's lives or or whoever people that you're in charge of and and in some cases are literally life and death decisions and you use that policy as like well i'm going to just pass this thing so we can you know score some political points you know that's got that's you know that's a phrase you hear a lot too and to like i said to 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 do all this to for sport right it's something i absolutely loathe so i'm just i'm saying that i'm i'm telling you if if any anybody have a conversation with me talking about politics and you start reducing it some to some sort of irrelevant game talking about this i mean please don't don't talk to me if you're going to do that don't talk to me if you're going to talk about politics 
like it's basketball or soccer. Cause if if you are in my mind, I'm I'm instantly judging you, like literally, cause I'm like you are not the type of person I want to be around. So a- anyway, to, uh, speaking of sports, you know, as I mentioned, the NBA draft is today, and that's it. <laughs> I absolutely don't know who's who's the top picks or whatever. I just know that it's going on today. You know, so there you go. Also, today is National Selfie Day, so I don't know if y'all took y'all selfies. You know, I haven't took mine. I don't think I think I took a. No, I haven't 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 taken any any pictures. Well, any selfies. Maybe I might do it at the end of the podcast or whatnot. So, so speaking of that, and speaking of all this outrage and everything, like I said, we're gonna speak with Derek Hunter. He's going to talk about his new book, Outrage Inc., How the Liberal Mob Has Ruined Science, Journalism, and Hollywood. And after we hear a couple of words from the founding project and and so on, we'll go right into our interview with Derek. Hello, Trend Chat listeners. If you like the founding project's civics education video series, Civics for All Ages, and our educational meme series. We think you will love our new website. Join us at thefoundingproject.com and be a part of the civics movement. The Founding Project is a 501c3 education nonprofit. Please join us today. This is Trend Chat with your host, Brian Bledsoe. Our next guest has produced something very timely in this climate of hysterical movements, especially since President Trump has been in office, talking with Derek Hunter. He is a writer, radio host, columnist, and political consultant. He's worked with Heritage Foundation, Americans for Tax Reform, and was a co-founder of The Daily Caller. He also has a brand new book, just came out this week, called Outrage, Inc., How the Liberal Mob Ruined Science, Journalism, and Hollywood. Derek, how you doing? I'm doing good, Brian. Thanks for having me. Really, realistically, that book, I thought about having a parenthetical at the end that said, and pretty much everything else, but the publisher thought that that would be too long, but that's realistically the sentiment of the book, that there really isn't much that they touch that they don't ruin to some degree or another. That is absolutely true. What I want to first want to ask you is, I mean, obviously, there's a lot of inspiration to go on, but was there anything in particular that... They prompted you to write this book? I've just been a consumer of news since I was in college in the late 90s. I would watch, I mean, I was obsessed. I used to be able to watch MSNBC Hardball with Chris Matthews. It was one of my favorite shows because they had people on there who were on both sides of the aisle having an honest discussion and a real debate. And over time, that changed to preachers preaching to the choir nonstop. It became unwatchable. And it was sad to me because as a consumer of news, as somebody who's sort of obsessed with news, it was getting harder and harder to find news. But it was getting easier and easier to find people willing to spout off about the news. Celebrities, fake scientists, pundits, wannabe pundits, journalists pretending to be pundits. And I just realized that... We're getting a lot of information, but we're not getting a lot of facts, and we're not getting a lot of news. 
and it, I sort of became outraged by that. And then I began to notice that the left in this country, particularly since the election of Donald Trump, has been in a constant state of freakout, a constant state of taking to the streets. Everything is turned up to 11. Everyone who disagrees with them even slightly is a Nazi, is history's greatest monster. And I realized that they're keeping these people in a state of outrage because when you're angry, when you're afraid, you're not thinking very clearly. You're working off emotion, not logic. And that's all that Democrats have to offer is emotion. Scare the hell out of people, hope they go vote. Get people angry, hope you've motivated them to vote. What are the Democrats running on in November? I have no idea. A couple of Bernie Sanders' ideas of free health care for everybody, free college for everybody, and a government job for everybody. But those are ridiculous and unrealistic and, frankly, right now with the unemployment rate, unnecessary. So all they have is fear and anger as a motivating factor. All they have is outrage. And at the same time, they're also keeping people who are maybe even wanting to question these Democrats or the, the media and what they're putting out. They're keeping them under wraps and want to keep them in fear from wanting to even maybe think about doing something different. If you, I mean, look at what they do to, did to Laura Ingram or try to do to Laura Ingram. She made a joke tweet in response to what little boss Hogg, David Hogg, said uh, on his Twitter feed about getting rejected from colleges. Then she apologized for it, almost, you know, pretty quickly, not immediately, but quickly enough. But that wasn't good enough. They went after her sponsors. They called for boycotts. They got some sponsors to pull out of the show. Her ratings went up. And other sponsors came in, but they decided to destroy her. They took that and decided to. They've been waiting to pounce. They saw that as an opportunity to destroy her because she isn't a liberal. And it's not just conservatives like Laura Ingram. There's a professor, or at least was a professor, at Evergreen State College in Washington State who suggested that the idea that all white people leave campus one day so that people of color could have a safe day where they were able to have a discussion about race, he thought that was a bad idea. He said, hey, why don't we all get together and have a discussion? I'll moderate it. He's a very progressive guy. He's a very liberal guy. He said, I'll moderate it. We'll keep it respectful, and we'll have an honest, serious discussion about this very important issue. He was run off campus. He had to quit his job. His wife, who also was a professor at Evergreen State, had to quit her job. The school had to pay them a half a million dollars in the settlement over this, and enrollment has dropped significantly, and the school could very well face bankruptcy, all because a guy who was progressive said, hey, segregation based on race is kind of what we fought against in the past. Maybe doing it now, even for a day, isn't a good thing. He was just asking questions. He just offered a different way of doing things, and he was demonized and run off campus for it. Progressivism cannot be questioned. <laughs> That's basically how they work. I, I, well, let's get in a little bit as far as into the book. I basically want to kind of go on with the subtitle as far as how, how the liberal mob has ruined science, journalism, and Hollywood. And I guess first I want to start off with science. So obviously what comes to mind for me is global warming, climate change, or whatever word they're coming up with probably today, or, you know, as you mentioned, like fake scientists like Bill Nye or whatnot. I guess give us, uh, I guess, some examples that you have that you, that you talk about as far as how liberals ruin science. 
Well, it's it's been weaponized. It's now a political weapon, and it's also a source of funding for a lot of science. If just hypothetically, Brian, if you wanted to study the mating habits of squirrels for whatever reason, you would apply for a National Science Foundation grant or some form of government grant as a college professor, you get a grant from your school, whatever, and you'd likely be turned down. So I think we've got a pretty good handle on the mating habits of squirrels. <laughs> Knowing this, if you add how climate change impacts the mating habits of squirrels, the likelihood of your getting approval suddenly skyrockets because that is the buzzword, that is the term, that is the golden goose. So it has become monetized and weaponized. If you are on the correct side, not the right side, but the correct side of that issue, you're likely to get funded, you're likely to get backed, you're likely to get published, and then you're likely to have your work parroted out of the mouth of someone like a former failed stand-up comedian who has an engineering background who was cast in the early 90s on a kid's science show on PBS in Washington named Bill Nye. He's not a science guy. He's an actor guy. He's a failed stand-up comic guy. But because he is on the liberals' side on the issue, whenever there is a hurricane or a storm, he's trotted out as if he'd spent his life studying meteorology. He hasn't. He studied engineering. You want to build a bridge, you might want to call Bill Nye. You want to formulate policy to control the weather in 100 years, he's probably not your go-to guy. Same goes for Neil deGrasse Tyson, another guy who has afforded absolute moral certainty on issues about which he knows nothing. He's a smart guy. He's got a Ph.D. in astrophysics. I don't have a Ph.D. in astrophysics. If I want to know about deep space, Neil deGrasse Tyson is probably the guy I go to. But climate is the antithesis of deep space. He is still cited routinely as an expert on this subject. But one more thing about how science has been weaponized. If you remember late 90s, early 2000s, Al Gore running around going, we've got 10 years, or everything is going to hell, only 10 years to act. Well, 10 years has, has come and gone. Things didn't go to hell. We didn't get more and more frequent and more powerful hurricanes. We got fewer, actually. All the predictions that they made didn't come to pass. Now, you would think that that would cause them to have a little bit of reflection. We've been saying the Earth is coming to an end, and it didn't. Maybe we were wrong. No. Instead of making 10-year predictions now, because those can be disproven in 10 years, they make 100-year predictions now. It's very diabolical. It's brilliant marketing, because nobody will be around to remember that they made these predictions when they prove wrong. They're unprovable, but they're more importantly undisprovable. So they've moved the goalposts yet again, and now you start to see stories with qualifications like this could happen, this might happen by the year 2100. If they're so sure, if their computer models are so great, Brian, they should be able to go back 50 years and plug them at the time. And that should give us an accurate account of what happened in the last 50 years when we actually have real data. But the dirty little secret that they don't talk about is when you do that, that it screws up. The model is not anywhere close to the reality. They're flying blind, but they're flying that way because they have an agenda, and that is government control. It was the same answer when they called it global cooling in the 70s. They were calling it global cooling in the 50s. Betty Friedan was writing about global cooling in the 50s. 
Then it was global warming in the 90s. Now it's just a catch-all climate change. I remember we used to call that seasons, but now it's apparently just one step short of being a Bond villain. And it's, it's sad because science is important, but science is now a majority vote rather than actual proof. You know, by changing it from 10 years to 100 years, it basically liberals doing what they do best, and then that is avoiding accountability. And by doing, yeah. Well, I'm in, I'm in uh, New York right now. You go through Times Square at night, there's always somebody doing the three-card Monty thing or find the little pea under the shell. That's what they do on this issue. They change it, they cheat, they make up the rules as they go along, and they don't hold themselves to any standards, so they always win. If you get to decide the unit of measure, Brian, you'll always be the fastest, the tallest, the smartest, the best-looking. They've rigged the system, they've rigged the game. Now, I know we don't have a lot of time, so I'm actually going to combine the next two, and I'm just going to mention as far as when it comes to journalism and also Hollywood. Now, with journalism, as I mentioned about science, you know, you have CNN, New York Times, MSNBC, et cetera. And one thing for me that I started noticing when I really started getting involved is the editorialization of what's supposed to be objective news. And so that's one thing for me when it comes as far as how liberals have ruined journalism. And as far as Hollywood, you know, obviously you have your plenty of examples, most recently with Robert De Niro and the rabbit tears from the Tony Awards crowd and all that. So just give us some examples on those. Well, journalism helps spread the message to the liberal mob, and Hollywood helps spread it to the masses. Leonardo DiCaprio is a big environmentalist. He's always lecturing everybody about how they need to lower their carbon footprint while he's stepping on a private jet to fly to the Caribbean full of uh, Victoria's Secret models on his way to pick up an award for how wonderful he is to the environment. He's a hypocrite. He's telling you you should ride your bike to work while he probably doesn't even own a bike. But <laughs> it's that sort of mentality. Hollywood is able to – the media is – they're spreading the information to people who consume news. There aren't, on a percentage basis, there's maybe 30, 40% of the people who consume news on a regular basis. Other people are just too busy in their daily lives or not interested. But everybody watches TV. Everybody watches movies. The, you know, the celebrities have millions and millions of followers on Twitter and Facebook. So things they say reach a lot more eyes and a lot more brains than anything a network news anchor says. But what they say, especially in politics, comes from the network news anchors. That comes from the, the, the liberal elite, the, the elected class in Washington, D.C. All of it is designed to make you feel, to not allow you to think, to have your feelings override your thoughts. It's, 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 again, it's brilliant marketing. You wish you could come up with that sort of marketing scheme. But it is not designed to inform. It is not designed to allow debate or discussion or even questioning. If you question any of the liberal orthodoxy, you'll be run out of town on a rail. You'll be called a monster. And it's not just somebody who's in the public eye. In the book, I have examples of average citizens who just happened to find themselves in the center of a media storm where their lives were ruined because it was a slow news day and someone in the media felt like they needed to take a scalp. It's a frightening prospect if somebody hopping on a plane for work to fly to South Africa can, and during the course of a 12-hour fight, have a write-up in every news organization in the country and almost around the world 
land and find out that she'd lost her job and was now a pariah being tweeted about by celebrities and you know everything from the BBC to ABC News. It's, it's a frightening world when you have 178 followers, I think is what she had, and by the time she landed, her life had been turned upside down. For more than a year, she was without a job and afraid to leave the house. So it's, it's very important. It's an echo chamber. It's designed to keep the rage rolling because that prevents thought. That's their biggest enemy is rational thought. Because if you're rationally thinking, if you live in a city like Detroit, Chicago, Baltimore, you go, hey, wait a second, we've had generational Democratic control, 60-plus years. And things not only haven't gotten any better, they've actually gotten worse. Maybe we should try something else. Well, they're trying to head that thought off at the past by saying, look out for the other guys. They're monsters, they're racist, they're ists, they're phobes. They're going to actually harm you. We're the only thing keeping you at bay. Now, if you think that somebody is holding off your ultimate destruction, you're going to be pretty grateful to that person, if you, especially if you never stop to think, hey, wait, what is the destruction they're talking about? And you begin to question that. That's what they're trying to prevent. That's what they're very good at preventing. The border situation is just the latest example, but there are literally hundreds of them. The book has a whole lot more that you can talk about. You know, we can't get into everything, and obviously we don't want to because we want everyone to get the book. Right. And it is, it is available on Amazon, and where else is it available? Pretty much everywhere books are sold except for communist bookstores. <laughs> All right. And also, you uh, you do a podcast called the Daily Daily Caller Podcast. Yes. Yes, you can hear me ramble on for about a half an hour every day. All right. And, um, oh, and where can people reach you on social media? Uh, just search my name, Derek Hunter, on Facebook, D-E-R-E-K, and on Twitter, it's at Derek A. Hunter, because somebody else had Derek Hunter, even though they don't use it. But, yeah, I had to throw my middle initial in there. All right. Hey, Derek, thanks so much for your time. Brian, thanks for having me. It's been fun. Yep, and thanks, to Derek, for joining us. And, yeah, don't forget the new book. Outrage Inc. How how the liberal mob has turned oh has ruined <laughs> science, journalism, and Hollywood. Once again, Outrage Inc. How the liberal mob has ruined science, journalism, and Hollywood. As he says, it's available everywhere. Books are sold except the communist ones. So, and I can I can understand understand why. So. <laughs> So, like I said, thanks to Derek for joining us. And that's it for this week on Trend Chat. Hopefully next week we will have someone with Heritage Foundation to talk about the, their involvement with Facebook. I don't know if y'all have heard about in the past month or so, or it may have been a little bit more than a couple of months, that um, Facebook brought in some conservative groups to try to, I guess, <laughs> to to help with their perceived um as what they say it's perceived i i well, i would say it's pretty real uh bias towards conservatives and so they brought in people with the heritage foundation and other groups as well but hopefully we'll talk with someone with the heritage foundation to talk a little bit about that so that'll be next week um i don't know if will it be more than that or not you never know just like this week, I might have something just pressing on my brain where I just have to come on and do one, do 
one on Tuesday, another on Thursday, whatever like that. Who knows? But all that being said, I say, you know, as always, thanks for listening. And something I should say a lot more, you know, if you like it, you know, share it, subscribe, iTunes, Google Play, Spreaker, and uh, hopefully maybe on on Spotify soon. iHeartRadio, we're on there. And, you know, spread, spread Trent Chat all around. You know, it's the one time I would say spread liberally. <laughs> just just tell everybody about it, I guess. And um appreciate you listening in. And until, what? Well, yeah, until next week, <laughs> we'll chat with you later. Guys, as we get older, we all start to notice minor changes in sexual performance. It happens, but you can stop Mother Nature. Whether you're just starting to develop erectile dysfunction symptoms or are suffering from chronic ED, call Metro Men's Health. Skip the pills and injections. They're only temporary and lose effectiveness over time. Metro Men's Health treats the root cause of ED, lack of blood flow, so it works long term. Metro Men's Health uses the most advanced and clinically proven wave therapy on the market to actually repair aging blood vessels and restore them to a younger you. Get your spontaneity and your confidence back with safe, effective treatment from Metro Men's Health. Visit MetroMensHealth.com or call 833-687-0700. Don't let ED get worse. Call Metro Men's Health today. 833-687-0700. 833-687-0700. Six eight seven zero seven zero zero. Fifteen minutes could save you fifteen percent or more. My dad used to say that. Sure, yeah, it's from Geico. Yeah, whenever I would ask my dad for life advice, he'd sit me down and say, "Son, fifteen minutes could save you fifteen percent or more." And look at me now, a well-adjusted adult with a drawer full of plastic bags I'll never use. <laughs> okay, I'm confused. Was your dad a licensed Geico agent? Nah, he was just a real good dad. Geico. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more.